Father in heaven, I want to thank you. You're so good and we're not. And I'm not. And that makes me want to be better. But now this is a sacred moment, Lord. And so I'm asking you to speak through me and get me out of the way. I want to only share your thoughts because the hour's late. Everybody's going to clearly see that today. And we need to be about our Father's business. It's the safest thing to be found doing when you come in the clouds of glory. So use me in spite of me and change us all. So when we leave here, we're not the same people. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. A world in turmoil. The world conditions are alarming. First of all, there's a Middle East. Uh, do I need to go into that more specifically? Then we have a shaky world economy. And then we have a world morality rapidly declining. And that was a nice intellectual say, way of saying our, our world is trash as far as morality is concerned, folks. And also worldwide water shortages. You know, we, we go to the Costco and we buy all these containers. We don't even drink out of the tap. We don't trust that. We have these bottles everywhere. There's places in this world where they don't have water. And folks, we here in Las Vegas, we're coming up to a crisis. I don't care what anybody says. And then there's the school violence. There's the world hunger is increasing. There's constantly and now natural events that are taking place. Like, you know, our good old brother up there in North Dakota, who should be coming pretty soon. He's right in his harvest time. And, and guess what it did up there in North Dakota? Snowed. Yeah. And the school violence is rampant. The weather patterns are out of control. Tens of thousands of refugees. Did you hear what Erdogan said? Erdogan, the Turkey president, he said, if you stop me from fighting the Kurds, I'm going to take the millions of refugees we have in, in our country and let them go to Europe. Did anybody else hear that? He said that two days ago. I mean, everybody, people everywhere are asking, what does this mean? And so, I want to tell you today, what it means is, it's time to crane your neck. So I invite you to take your Bibles, if you would, turn with me to Luke, the 21st chapter. We're going to read verses 5 through 19, then 25 through 28. Children, open your Bible. And by the way, children, if you don't have a Bible, just see me after church, I'll give you one. Little Aiden read the, the scripture reading today. Thank you, Aiden. And he came up and he said he held his Bible up. Because we gave him one a couple weeks ago. And that's the Bible he read from. So let's take a look at Luke 21. We're going to start with verse 5. And here's what it says. 
Then as some spoke of the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and donations, he said, Jesus said, these things which you see, the day will come which not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. So they asked him, saying, Teacher, but when will these things be? And what will be the signs when these things are about to take place? And Jesus answered, Take heed that you do not, that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he. And the time will draw near, and the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. And then he said, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilence. And there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay hands on you and persecute you and deliver you up to the synagogue and the prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake, but it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Therefore, settle it in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer, for I will give you your mouth wisdom, which all your adversaries will not be able to counterdict or resist. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death, and you will be hated by all men for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head shall be lost. By your patience possess ye your souls. Verse 25. And there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth, distress of nations and perplexity and the seas and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear of the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. Now when you see these things happen, Look up, lift up your head, because your redemption draws nigh. And this is what Jesus told the disciples. So we're going to look at these things that Jesus predicted would happen prior to his coming. We're going to look first at the political world, second at the natural world, third at the social world, and fourth at the religious world. But first, I've got to tell you this. As I share this with you, keep in mind, the Bible says, but of that day and hour, no man knows, not even the angels in heaven, but the Father only. But he gave us signs so that we would be aware of how close it is to his coming 
hang on to your seat. He is almost here. First, the political world. Let's look again at verses 9 and 10 of chapter 21. It says, but when you hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must come to pass first. But the end will not come immediately. And then he says to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. The political world will be on fire. And notice Psalms, the second chapter. Why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? And when you look at Psalms 2, you will see that what God is saying here through David in the Psalms is the nations are angry with, the, with God, the Christians, and they will plot vain things. Let's look at these words. The word in Hebrew, rage, is tumultuous, making a loud, confused noise and uproar. The nations will be in an uproar. And then it says people. The word people where it says the nations rage and the people. The people in the Hebrew here stands for community, nations, people. It means everybody. It literally implies that all will be uproared. And then the word plot, it means to murmur, in anger. Notice, to murmur, in anger. Imagine, mutter, roar. Oh, I just had a thought. You know, some of us are pretty good at murmuring. And we don't want to be like them. We're Christians. We respond differently to stimuli than the average person does. The nations will be in an uproar. The nations are made up of people. The people will come from all corners of the earth. And they will plot folks in anger. And what it says is vain, worthless, empty things. And by the way, let me tell you something. What God is saying to us is they will plot and they will try to apply and in some cases will succeed. But it will be worthless and empty compared to the Lord. Remember, you won't lose a hair off your head. This is a sign of the time in which we're living. Everybody is angry. They're angry against God. They're angry against Jesus. They're angry against his law. And notice Revelation eleven eighteen says the nations are enraged. And that word enraged in the Greek is the same word as Satan was enraged with the woman. It comes straight from Satan. They will be in an uproar and they will plot things. And this is what's happening right now. Oh boy, in the political world, we see what Jesus warned us has already happened. And then we come to the natural world. 
Take a look at those pictures. And that's just some of them. Let's take a look at Luke 20 again, verse 11. Look what Jesus said. And there will be earthquakes in various places and family and, and famines and pestilence and there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. And then verse 25, 26, and there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's heart failing them for fear, from fear of the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. This is happening right now. And, and it's going to get worse. They, you know, the fires are raging again in California. Homes are being burned down. And the firefighters say they've never fought such hot fires that move so quickly and destroy so much. The hurricane completely wiped out Grand Bahama Island. You know, parts of Florida haven't recovered from the previous hurricane. And let me tell you something. We talked about the world economy. These disasters, these fires and things that are happening in the United States are costing big bucks, folks. And we already have a decimation that's right. <laughs> a deficit that's incredible. It's unpayable. And you think it's going to go on like this? Man, these signs are telling me Jesus is knocking on the door. Every day there's something new that's happening. And when it happens, it's on an extreme, an extremity such as it didn't in the past. And I know I still hear those scientific voices. Well, we just report better now than we used to. It, it's no different. If you want to believe that, then you just need to read Matthew 24 and Luke 21 over and over and over till you see that God is saying, people, my people, wake up. You're the only lifeline the rest of the world has. He is going to be here very shortly. Take a look at this quote. I know it's a long one. Great controversy. Check this out. Satan works through the elements also to garner his harvest of unprepared souls. So, the insurance company says these are acts of God. But we Christians know these are acts of Satan. He has studied the secrets of the laboratories of nature. He uses all his power to control the elements as far as God allows. Even now he is at work in accidents and calamities by sea and by land, in great fires, tornadoes, terrific hailstorms, in tempests, floods, cyclone, tidal waves, and earthquakes, in every place and in a thousand forms, Satan is exercising his power. He sweeps away the ripening harvest and famine and distress follow. He imparts to the air a deadly taint 
and thousands perish by the pestilence. These visitations are to become more and more frequent and disastrous. Destruction will be upon both man and beast. Now, friends, how do you explain that quote? I mean, I, again, I hear the, I hear the atheist, atheistic or agnostic scientist who believes in evolution answering, planning doubts and thoughts in our minds when the Bible is telling us completely different. Open your eyes, folks. Jesus is almost here. I know it's hard to comprehend. It is for me. I just repeat it over and over again because I wanted to get into my subconscious. Jesus warned us. And we're now seeing it on a level that it's never been before. And by the way, the population is so huge I don't think there's a corner of this earth that isn't affected by these things that are happening. So it can't get any bigger than it already is. Therefore, it's just going to get worse. Jesus is almost here. Well, that was great. What did I do? Can you bail me out, Lily? Then we're going to look at the social world. I want you to turn to 2 Timothy 3. Listen to this, 2 Timothy 3. Then I'll tell you a story. 2 Timothy, the third chapter. Not 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy. Look what it says. But know this that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parent, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the form of godliness but denying the po its power, and from such people turn away. Does this not describe our world today? Come on, give it up. I mean, it's incredible what, what really, for example... 2007, the market crashes. Why? Because we find out that all the financial institutions were greedy for more money, and they made all these loans that they shouldn't have made, and then when our people tried to go to them and say, can you, can you just help us re redo our loans so we can keep our... No! And honest, hard-working Americans by the millions lost their houses. And the financial institutions continued to give bonuses. Come on, let's not put our heads in the sand and be like an ostrich, folks. 
This is happening around the world. Do you know? You want me to help you with politics? All sides lie. All sides. And nobody's honest. And they all care about each other's side. They don't care about you and I or getting reelected. And thus, we got a pastor who, who has diabetes type 1, and he watches insulin prices go up when more and more people are getting it and in need of it. By the way, I never get political, so if I'm sounding political, I want to tell you, men will be greedy. Lovers of pressure more than lovers of God. They'll be brutal. I, this is our world today. And notice that Jesus said in Luke 17, 20, it'll be just like it was in the days of Noah. And the Bible says that they were constantly, continually evil. And then Luke 7, 28, just like in the days of Lot. Come on, folks, days of Lot brings us in the Bible right to the very things that are happening today around the world on, on morality. Pleasure seekers wanting another experience. But notice what it says in Matthew 28. Remember, I didn't, uh, Matthew 24. I didn't go to Matthew 24. That's the biggie in, in the Bible. I went to Matthew, uh, to Luke 21, because it's more, it's more simple, concise. You go to Matthew 24. It expands all this. And he says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end shall come. And that's what our church is attempting to do. And now we go on the internet. We have satellite series around the world. People pick it up. You know what happened? This, I, again, I got a call from New Zealand. And they said, hey, we saw your series on Daniel. Folks, that series on Daniel was me, Pastor Johnson, and Anthony, the three of us. And they said, we saw it, and we want to put it on our TV station that goes 24 hours a day from New Zealand, and it goes all around in that area beyond New Zealand, a number of countries. And he said, we want to put it on because it was quality. That's Pastor Johnson. And he said, seeing three different presenters on the same topic made it different and more understandable than if it was just one person preaching the whole thing. This is what we should be doing. By the way, this is a good time to do it. Forgive me, I need $40,000. I want to bring in a big-name preacher to do a series here in this church with, with professional singers to preach these three angels' messages. It takes money. We got to advertise. I'm praying that God will endow this church so we can do that next year. 
Why? Because this is what we're supposed to be doing. Yes, I put all that other stuff on, and folks, some of that depresses me. I don't even want to watch the news at night because I go to bed distressed. But we've got, we've got to share the signs, but what we've got to be doing is preaching. And so, the social world is showing us clearly. Oh, I told you I'd tell you a story. I guess I have another story to tell. And I'm almost done, by the way. I sat with six pastors yesterday and had lunch. And out of the clear blue sky, I was impressed. I said, hey, you guys, tell me. Of the signs in Matthew and Luke, what sign convinces you the most? What what sign do you think emphasizes more clearly that Jesus is coming soon? Six of them. You know what five of them said to me? 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 3, the way people are. Five of them said the way people are. And they said, and I agree, even people in our own church that hold grudges, get angry, talk about, spread rumors, all of which Satan delights. And by the way, I've been caught up in some of it. By the grace of God, I'm praying that I will not participate in this. I have a human nature. There's a battle. But we need to struggle together. Five of them said it was Timothy, the way people are today around the world. Whoa, I thought that was significant. Well, let's take a look at the religious world. Let's take a look at Matthew 24. Go to Matthew really quick. This is the last one, Matthew 24. And, I, and we've covered that here at this church. We're going to do it repeatedly. This has to be understood by all of us. And, and by the way, I do some of this for my benefit. <laughs> you know that? I can't stand up here and tell you this stuff and then go out and act differently. It holds me accountable. I want you to see what Jesus said. Now, he spoke in Luke 21, but let's come back to Matthew covering the same material. Take a look at verse 4 and 5. Here's what he said. And Jesus answered, Take heed that no one deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Take a look at verse 11. Then many false prophets will arise and deceive many. Then take a look at verse 23. Jesus continues, and then he says, and then if any one of you say, look, here is Christ or there, do not believe it, for false Christ, false prophets will arise. Now here it is, folks. Please, and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I've told you before it happened. And, and if you say to me, Pastor, we've got the truth, and do you think that just saying that to me will stand you up when you somehow enter another church 
because maybe a neighbor asks you and you watch their pastor raise someone from the dead who preaches the law of God has been done away with on the cross of Calvary or maybe says, well, all the other commandments are in fourth, but it's inconvenient today to keep Saturday, so we keep Sunday. It was the resurrection. It is not simply an intellectual assent to truth. It's a heart relationship with Jesus so that when these false occurrences occur, we'll know because we know the real. Please, those, those signs and wonders, folks, are powerful. And it's not going to be that simple, or we wouldn't have been warned three times in Matthew 24. Don't be deceived, don't be deceived, don't be deceived. And then 2 Thessalonians 2, 9, the coming of the lawlessness, one in accordance with the working of Satan with all what? Power, signs, and lying wonders. And then Revelation 13, 13 and 14, he performs great signs. He deceives these who dwell on the earth by these signs. And Revelation 13 says, and the world wandered after the beast. You know, that, that statement implies everybody. That's where we get the term remnant, folks. There will be a group of people who will stand firm in the face of death. Because they know Jesus. No other reason. They know Jesus. And so, Revelation 16, 13, 14, and I saw three unclean spirits like frog coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are spirits of demons performing what? What's another word for signs? Miracles. Now I want you to look at this. Out of the mouth of the dragon, beast, false prophet. How many is that? Three. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Dragon, beast, false prophet. Everything Jesus does or is, Satan counterfeits. And the dragon, beast, and false prophet will be the most powerful, numerous conspiracy that exists on the earth. But God has a remnant. Now, do I think I'm one of the elect? No. But I want to be one of the elect that cannot be deceived. Therefore, I say, Lord, don't let me be shaken out. Keep me close to you. By the way, why? Because I'm afraid to die for eternity? No, because Jesus worked very hard to get me into heaven. I don't want to let him down. So, Luke 21, 28, now when these things begin to happen, and folks, have they begun? Look up, lift up your head, because your redemption draws nigh. Keep your focus on Jesus and his coming. Don't keep it on the earth. In fact, let's make 
a commitment that none of us will watch the news before we go to bed. So that our thoughts will be sweet and our sleep will be restful. Great Controversy 528, the followers of Christ know little of the plots which Satan and his host are firming against them. But he who sits on the in the heavens will overrule all these devices for the accomplishment of his deep design. Wow. About 15 years ago, maybe 16, I was sitting in my dining room in Indiana as the ministerial director. It was lunch on Sabbath for camp meeting. And we lived close enough to the camp meeting site that we would feed the speakers. And this Sabbath, our speaker was Senate Chaplain Barry Black. Yep, sitting right there, man. I, I was here and I, uh, Barry Black's in my house. Godly man. And we were letting him talk. Oh, do you know the responsibility of the Senate chaplain? He ministers to all. He knows all the secrets. And he's chaplain, so therefore you know he didn't tell us anything. Oh, I wanted to know so bad. You know, once a year, the Republicans go on a retreat. Once a year, the Democrats go on a retreat. He's the Senate chaplain. He goes on both retreats. He said, I'll tell you one thing. He said, I was at the Republican retreat. And these people admitted that they don't have answers to the problems of today. And then he said, I went to the Democratic retreat and they admitted that they did not have answers to the problems we're facing today. And folks, may I just insert this on my own. If you leave Jesus out of the equation, that's exactly where you end up. God forbid that any of us be there Let us now recognize he's coming very soon. Let's work together to reach other people for Jesus. Father, I want to thank you for the challenge of the hour, for the information you give, and for tipping us off in advance. You said these things I have told you beforehand. Help us now to practice them. Bless every person who's here. Let no one be afraid. Help them to know that you love them. And even if we messed up, if we come to you in confession and repentance, you forgive us. Even sometimes when we don't forgive ourselves or we don't even forgive each other. Oh, thank you. You're that kind of God. Now help us to be like you, I pray in Jesus' name, amen.